many of you here have been, have admitted to this, that you have spent a large portion of your spiritual life, your walk with Christ, reading pieces of scripture, but never reading through the entire text. And so this is an opportunity for us to come together to read through the entire scripture. So I got you guys from all three platforms right now coming together to read the word. I got people from all different time zones coming together to spend time in the reading of the words. And that's, that's, that's exciting. That is exciting. And so um, that's what we want to do today. We want to spend time reading through the scriptures. And so let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 31. And as we spend this time in the reading of the word, I want you to ask three questions. Remember, this isn't a Bible study. We reserve Bible study for Patreon. All right. Um, our, our Bible study for Patreon will be tomorrow night as well. Um, and I may do that on YouTube. We're on YouTube, y'all. We're on YouTube now. We're on IG and we are on TikTok. And so this is really cool that I got a couple hundred of you across all these platforms spending time reading the word with me in all the different time zones around the world. Quickly shout out where you're located so that everybody can kind of see quickly. Just shout out where you're located real quick um, as we spend time in the reading of the word. I will say this. That when we read, we're not um, we're not studying the scripture, we're meditating on the scripture. And so we're going to ask three questions. God, what are you revealing concerning yourself? God, what are you revealing concerning people? God, what are you revealing concerning me? These are the things that I want you prayerfully considering prayerfully considering as we spend this time together in the reading of the word. I have Atlanta, Seattle, Long Island, New Jersey, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, South Africa, Cincinnati, Ohio, Cape Town, South Africa, Johannesburg in the house. I've got Florida. I've got Durban, South Africa, Delaware, Michigan, Chattanooga, the Bahamas, Wisconsin, Tennessee. I've got the United Kingdom, Louisiana, Bronx, Washington, D.C., Oklahoma, Dallas, North Carolina, London, Chicago. I've got people from all over Las Vegas who are from different time zones. San Diego, good to see you. Pretoria, good to see you. Boise, Idaho, good to see you. So guys, as you'll notice here, we have people from all around. Maybe you're listening to this live. Maybe you're going to be listening to this through the podcast. But we have people from all around the world coming together in simultaneity to read the word. And so that's what we're going to come to do. Let's spend 20, 30 minutes reading through scripture. Let's spend another 20 to 30 minutes reflecting on it. Okay. And so that's what we're going to do. That's what we're we're prayerfully considering as we read this text. Pray with me as I pray and as we engage in his word. Father, I ask as we spend this time today in your word, Father, I pray that you would bless us today. Bless us in this time, Lord. Guide us in your truth for your word is true. I just thank you, Lord, that you have given us an opportunity to get to know you by your spirit through your word. And so speak to us today. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Men. Isaiah chapter 31, I'll be reading and I ask that you guys would read along with me. And it says this, woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy one of Israel nor seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise and will bring disaster and will not call back his words, but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of those who work iniquity. Now the Egyptians are men 
and not God. And their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall. And he who is helped will fall down. They will all perish together. For thus the Lord has spoken to me. As a lion roars and a young lion over his prey, when a multitude of shepherds is summoned against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor be disturbed by their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for its hill. Like birds flying about, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending, he will also deliver it. Passing over, he will preserve it. Return to him against whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. For in that day, every man shall throw away his idols of silver and his idols of gold, sin which is which your own hands have made for yourself. When Assyria shall fall by a sword, not of man, and a sword, not of mankind, shall devour him. But he shall flee from the sword, and his young men shall become forced labor. He shall cross over to his stronghold for fear, and his princes shall be afraid of the banner, says the Lord, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Chapter 32. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule with justice. A man will be as a hiding place from the wind and a cover from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, as the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. The eyes of those who see will not be dimmed, and the ears of those who hear will listen. Also the heart of the rash will understand knowledge, and the tongue of the stammerers will be ready to speak plainly. The foolish person will no longer be called generous, nor the miser said to be bountiful for the foolish person will speak foolishness and his heart will work iniquity to practice ungodliness to utter error against the lord to keep the hungry unsatisfied and he will cause the drink of the thirsty to fall also the schemes of the schemer are evil he devises wicked plans to destroy the poor with lying words even when the needy seeks justice but a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. Rise up, you women who are, sorry, you women who are at ease. Hear my voice. You complacent daughters, give ear to my speech. In a year and some days you will be troubled, you complacent women. For the vintage will fall. The gathering will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Be troubled, you complacent ones. Strip yourselves, make yourselves bare, and gird sackcloth on your waist. People shall mourn upon, your, upon their breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. On the land of my people will come up thorns and briars, yes, on all the happy homes in the joyous cities, because the places will be forsaken. The bustling city will be deserted. The forts and towers will become lairs forever. A joy of wild donkeys and a pasture of flocks until the spirit is poured out upon us from on high. 
and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is counted as a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness will remain in the fruitful field. The work of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. My people will dwell in a peaceful habitation, in secure dwellings, and in resting places. Though hail comes down on the forest and the city is brought low in humiliation, blessed are you who sow beside all waters, who send out freely the feet of the ox and the donkey. Hmm. Let's read one more. Woe to you who plunder, though you have not been plundered, and you who deal treacherously, though they have not dealt treacherously with you. When you cease plundering, you will be plundered. When you make an end of dealing treacherously, they will deal treacherously with you. O Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited for you. Be their arm every morning, our salvation also in the time of trouble. At the noise of the tumult, the people shall flee. And when you lift yourself up, the nations shall be scattered and your plunder shall be gathered like the gathering of the caterpillar as the running to and fro of locusts. He shall run upon them. The Lord is exalted for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times and strength and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Surely their valiant ones sh shall cry outside. The ambassadors of peace shall weep bitterly. The highways lie waste. The traveling men ceases. He has broken the covenant. He has despised the cities. He regards no man. The earth mourns and languishes. Lebanon is ashamed and shriveled. Sharon is like a wilderness. And Bashan and Carmel shake off their fruits. Now I will rise, says the Lord. Now I will be exalted. Now I will lift myself up. You, you shall conceive chafe. You shall bring forth stubble. Your breath as fire shall devour you. And the people shall be like the burnings of lime. Like thorns cut up, they shall be burned in the fire. Here, you who are far off, what I have done, and you who are near, acknowledge my might. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness has seized the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell with the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Who walks righteously and speaks uprightly? He who despises the gain of oppressions who gestures with his hands, refusing bribes, who stops his ear from the hearing of bloodshed and shuts his eyes from seeing evil. He will dwell on high. His place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given to him. His water will be sure. Hmm. The eyes, sorry, your eyes, will see the king in his beauty. 
They will see the land that is very far off. Your heart will meet, will meditate on terror. Where is the scribe? Where is he who weighs? Where is he who counts the towers? You will not see a fierce people, a people of obscure speech beyond perception, of stammering tongue that you cannot understand. Look upon Zion, the city of your appointed feasts. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, a quiet home, a tabernacle that will not be taken down. Not one of its stakes will ever be removed, nor will any of its cords be broken. But there the majestic Lord will be for us, a place of broad rivers and streams, in which no galley with oars will sail, nor majestic ships pass by. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your tackle is loosed. They could not strengthen their mass. They could not spread the sail. Then the prey of great plunder is divided. The lame take the prey, and the inhabitant will not say, I am sick. The people who dwell in it will be forgiven in their iniquity. I'm going to stop right here um, for the sake of the time that is provided to us today. It's really good to see you all. It's good to see you guys across all the platforms. Um, we're just trying something different. and We'll see where this takes us. We'll see where this goes. I have a few thoughts that I want to uh, share with you this morning as we spend time in reflection. As you guys know, this isn't a Bible study, okay? This isn't, uh, this is more of a reflection. Um, that's why we call this the Read and Rant, which I encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, which is about to hit 100,000, by the way. And I want to thank all of you who have been a part of that and have subscribed and have supported and have shared. I thank you guys all very much for your support, really do. And I'm excited about the news that I'll be sharing soon. So stay tuned for that as well. But I want to be sure at least to invite you to that, because if you are one of the first people, you know, this may be your first time and maybe you're one of the first people who've been on here. If you are one of the first people who've been on here, who've been here, the OGs from the beginning, you know how we've endeavored to do this. We have spent time just simply reading through the entire scripture so that we can see a broader picture, a broader perspective the greater story, the grander narrative of what is happening in the life of God's chosen people. Notice at the centrality of the story as we're reading through the scriptures is God's people, the Israelites, or the children of Israel, the family that came from Abraham through the covenant of God between Abraham and Sarah. Mankind was in deep need and yearning of restoration. Humanity in deep need and yearning of restoration. God calls this man from the Chaldeans in a city called Ur, named Abraham, who would be called by God by the faith that he had, because again, Terah, who was his father, was the one that had the calling, but it was Abraham who actually walked in it by faith. And Abraham would now usher a new way of living, a new law, a new lifestyle, a new way of, of, of governing. Because remember, I said this before, that God has always been about his kingdom. 
He's always been about his kingdom. How do we know that? Because humanity was called to rule. If humanity was called to rule, then there must be a government. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Let us make man in our image, Genesis chapter 1, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion. Rule. That word dominion means rule. If there is rule, then there's a government. And if there's a government, then there is justice. And the unfortunate reality is, is that many of us have chosen a government, a justice, a system that is rooted in our heart, our desire, what we believe is right and wrong, how we believe life should be lived, what we, how we ideate, how we become. This is what many of us have been governed by. And yet it is this government that has left brokenness. It is this government that has left pain. It is this government that seeks power. Because dominion, if you notice, when people think dominion, or they think rule, or they think of God's chosen people, the first thing that comes to your mind is power. The first thing that comes to your mind is influence. The first thing that comes to your mind is control. The first thing that comes to your mind is money, resources, economics. Those are That's the first thing that comes to your mind. But when we see what rule looks like, we see the the divine mandate in humanity. We saw it in Genesis chapter two, where he puts man in a garden to do what? To tend it and to keep it. He put man in the garden to guard it, to protect it. God created the earth and called man to rule over it, to guard it and to protect it. But what does mankind do? Mankind seeks to squander it, to gain power and influence, to control. This is what it looks like to live out the eating of the fruit from the knowledge of good and evil. I I don't want to break into all that, what the consequences of sin are in the as, as sin entered into the world through Adam's disobedience, sin enters into the world through man. Romans. Romans chapter five, sin enters into the world through man. And now through this sin of one man, sin is in the world. And therefore we have all been born into sin. We're born in a sinful state. We're born in a broken reality. And God has called these people. When God calls Abraham, he calls Abraham who would now father a nation that would father many nations. Notice what rule looks like. Rule looks like fathering. Rule looks like what a father would do to his son, to lead, to guide, to shepherd, to cultivate, to raise up. But to finally raise and restore humanity, he calls these people Abraham's family. And God puts a promise on Abraham and says, you will be the father of many nations. And through this family came many nations. But here's the consequence. This family didn't, even though they were given the law, 
They were given how God would rule. They were given how they would be priests, mediators between God and humanity to show the world what mankind was like. These people disobeyed God continually. From the gate, they could not obey the law. From the gate, they could not obey the law. And I want you to understand this. This was never about religion. I know this is, I'm ranting, y'all. So just just listen to me speak out loud because I'm processing with all of you as, as 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 I'm reading this and as I'm reflecting on this. This was never about religion. I hear you, sir. Saying Islam came from Abraham, absolutely did. So did Judaism. Doesn't mean either one is right. It was never about religion. As a matter of fact, the walk of the uh, the, the lifestyle of the children of Israel was not meant to be one of religious service and sacrifice. It was one that was meant to reveal the heart, the glory, and the presence of God on earth. Mankind is the very presence of God on earth, and yet mankind lived in the ignorance of the divine mandate. What it looks like to really rule. And here's the unfortunate reality. We have invented religions. We've invented religions for what? For the sake of power, for the sake of influence, for the sake of position, for all of that. We invented these things. Religions are human constructs. Human constructs. And yet the children of Israel were called to be the mediators of God, the nation of priests called to bring righteousness and justice to the earth. Righteousness and justice, that word mishpat, that word mishpat is <laughs> the same word that brings about shalom, that brings about peace that brings about wholeness. Can I just give you a quick point here? And I'm just thinking out loud, but I wanna make sure you understand here what the point of all of this is. There are many of us that are looking for peace. Oh God, I want peace. And some of us think that peace is gonna come when all the elements of our lives come together. You can have the whole world and still not be at peace. You can have everything you want and desire and still not be at peace. You can be married with money, kids, everything you ever dreamed of and still not be at peace because peace is never going to be found in those things. And you can find sleep and you can find rest and have everything you desire and still not be at peace. Because true peace is shalom. And that kind of peace is the peace that surpasses understanding. Where does that peace come from? That peace comes from wholeness. The reason why many of us aren't at peace is because at the core we are broken. And in order to find peace, we need to be brought back together, pieced together in order to find peace. Humanity is broken.
fractured, not at peace. And yet God is pursuing humanity to endeavor to make humanity whole. What you actually desire is wholeness, not peace. No, not comfort either. Not joy, as some people would call it, or happiness. The pursuit of happiness. None of those things. <laughs> you know, we, we chase after those things. We chase after pleasure. We chase after those things, thinking that in them we will find peace. And yet you're not going to find it in any of that. The only place that you're going to find peace is in God, because peace comes when you have been put back together. Confront this, that from the moment you were born, you were broken in pieces. And in order to find peace, you've got to be pieced back together. God was piecing humanity back together. This is so critically important, family. This is so critically important for you to understand because for many of us right here, as I'm even reading this and you're wondering, what does this have to do with anything? This has to do with the fact that Israel has not been at peace. If you look at Israel right now, Israel seems to be falling apart. Israel has trusted in everything that the rest of the world has trusted. Israel, remember the central, the, the centrality of the story is Israel. God has been seeking covenant with them, but they've been seeking covenant with others. How many of us have really done that? Let's just really, let's be honest with each other. How many of us have done this? We weren't good, not at peace. And so we sought a man for it. Or we sought a woman for it. Comfort for it drugs, whatever it may be, chasing after peace, not realizing that all you're chasing is comfort, medicating yourself with the pleasures of this world. How many of us don't realize this, but the reality is, is that no matter how much you fill a broken vessel, that thing that you fill will never be full because it's broken. So we keep pouring into the vessel and pouring into the vessel and pouring into the vessel, but the vessel is shattered. It's broken. And you wonder why you're still empty. You're still empty because you're broken. You don't need more stuff. You just need to be put back together. You don't need more things, but you need to be made whole. You don't need more money. You just need to be put back together. That's what you need. You just need to be put back together. Not another man, not another woman, not more money, not more comfort, more fame, more promotions. What's the point if you're a broken vessel? You're just filling it and filling it and filling it. And you wonder why it's never full because it's broken. What you need is to be put back together. 
<laughs> and while you've been asking God for stuff, God is saying, I need to put you back together. That's it. True peace, shalom, is wholeness, being made whole. Israel, up to this point, has been chasing it in everything other than who they've been called to be. And because they were trusting in everything else, they were left broken. Isaiah 31, as we read, is about the brokenness of Israel. Brokenness of Israel that came from their folly of trusting in other things other than God. Check out the last episode in the Read and Rant podcast. That was what I challenged you to to, to reconsider what have you actually trusted in? Hmm. And yet, even though they weren't on God, God was on them. And even though they weren't trusting in God, God was still faithful. How many of us know what I'm talking about? Even though you hated God, God still loved you. Even though you didn't trust God, God remained faithful. Even though you weren't pursuing God, God was still chasing after you. Hmm. If God was anything like us, we would all be hopeless. But thank God he loves us beyond anything we can imagine or comprehend. You may have given up on God, but God has not given up on you. How many people can testify to that? Just put a raise, a hand raised emoji and testify of that and say, yeah, that was me. <laughs> I was running. Isn't it funny how God finds us in the most awkward places? Isn't it funny how God finds us in the places that we would have never expected? Like, God finds us in places that even our pastors wouldn't show up. Let's just be honest. There's some people that will testify this, that God found you in a place that your pastor wouldn't go to. God met you in a place that church folk wouldn't go to. Yeah, yeah, God, God encountered you in a place and in a time where nobody else saw hope in you. And it was in that hopeless state that God found you. How many can testify to that? And say, yeah, that was me. I was the person the world gave up on, but God remained faithful because his love is unconditional and he pursues you relentlessly. Pursues you relentlessly. I, I see the story of the faithfulness of God that even though Israel chose not to trust God, God remained faithful because God had a promise on Israel. <laughs> and what God speaks about in Isaiah chapter 32 is he's saying, I'm going to establish my justice. Oh, I'm going to make this right. Because I got a promise on humanity. I'm going to make this right. And I'm going to make it right through a people that I fulfilled the promise to, through. And there are those of us who are just like the daughters of Jerusalem, 
that we read in Isaiah chapter 32 that we read today that are just like the daughters of Jerusalem. We've been complacent. Let's be real, fam. Let's be real. We've been comfortable. And maybe maybe you're on another side of the world, but here in the West, we've been comfortable, y'all. We have a comfortable Christianity. Let's just be real. Let's just be real, y'all. We don't know what oppression really looks like. We don't know. We think oppression is that comment on your Facebook page, on your IG, on your TikTok, on your YouTube page. We think oppression is when people make fun of you. There are people facing real oppression out here. We've been comfortable. And it's our comfort that has made us complacent. We've been so comfortable that our faith now is really moralistic. Our faith now is therapeutic deism. Our faith now is a God that gives us a happy life, not a purposeful life. You know what I find interesting, fam? Good thing I called this a rant because I'm ranting. Stay with me for a second. You know what I find interesting? Is that it's only in America and only in the West and only in the nations that have comfort. It's only there that we're pursuing the idol of comfort. Christianity is exploding in nations and in places where people are dying for the faith, losing their work for the faith. You think right now they care about God blessing them with the car? You think right now those people are worried about their comfort? No, they're enduring for the sake of the faith. It's the last thing on their mind. As a matter of fact, the first thing on their mind is the rapture. Because they find themselves in the place of oppression. They are in tribulation. We've been so comfortable. So comfortable. That now our faith is just complacent. Let's just be honest. We've just been complacent. We don't pursue God like we should. Because we're comfortable. We don't chase him like we should. Because we're comfortable. We're not running after him because he's just a side piece in our lives. You know, we come to him every morning just to say hello and bye. But we're comfortable. We just are. And that comfort leads to complacency and that complacency leads to death. You know, God is our therapist now. You know, he's our, that's all he is. He just helps us. That's all he does. But what God offers to them is, he says, look what he says in, in Isaiah chapter 32. For the ones who are complacent and comfortable, the ones who've been chasing the idol of comfort, he says that the time will come when those who are at ease will be troubled. Strip yourselves, make yourselves bare, gird the sackcloth of your waist, as he says in verse 11. People shall mourn upon their breasts for the pleasant fields, for the fruitful vine. On the land of my people will come upon thorns and briars. He's saying your comfort is going. He's telling them your comfort is going soon, Israel. We already read this already, by the way, guys. We read this through First Sam, First Second Samuel, First Second Kings, First Second Chronicles. We read this. Isaiah is happening at this time. Isaiah is bringing light to what's actually transpiring in the moment, and he's saying, "Y'all got comfortable serving the world's idols. 
because there was a time when serving the Wells Isles, it worked for you for a little bit. And now you thought that's all you need to depend on. And so you got comfortable. But he says, because the palaces will be forsaken, the bustling city will be deserted. The forts and towers will become layers forever. A joy of wild donkeys, a pasture of flocks. Until the spirit is poured out upon us from on high. And the wilderness becomes a fruitful land. He's saying until the spirit comes out upon you, the land will be deserted. If there's anything I'm praying for today is that we would get uncomfortable again. That we would deeply desire the outpouring of the spirit of God. Deeply desiring the outpouring of the spirit of grace. Deeply outpouring a demonstration of God's power again a refreshing, a refreshing. It is our comfort that has created denominationalism. Our comfort, it's what's propagated dumb arguments. <laughs> I'll call it out right now. I guess it's going to be on the podcast. It is what it is. There are arguments right now happening. They're pointless arguments. They're dumb. They're just the arguments of the comfortable. Comfortable people have the kind of arguments we're having right now over doctrines and scriptures. Because we don't even see an enemy. We turned, we, we're turning on each other. Arguing over pointless doctrines. Arguing over pointless positions looking for a position in therapy. I'm sorry if I sound morbid, if I sound dark today, but this is the reality that Israel is facing. Israel has been so comfortable that Israel has become empty. But Isaiah 33 gives us a hope, is that this distress that is coming, God has an answer for it. That even though in verse eight, the highways lie waste, the traveling man ceases. The one who had broken the covenant, the one who despised the city, the one who regards no man, the one in which in the end, the earth mourns and languishes, where Lebanon is ashamed and shriveled, where Sharon is like a wilderness. In verse 10, the Lord says, now I will rise. Now I will be exalted. Now I will lift myself up. Until we confront our emptiness, God will sit back. But when we realize we're empty and hopeless and our cities are empty and are void, the Lord says, now I will rise. Israel's been waiting, but Israel still has too much going on. But the day will come when Israel can look nowhere else but to the Lord. 
There's a day when we will have a testimony to say that we look up to the hills from where our help comes from, and we will say that our help comes from the Lord. There will be a day when we say there's no way I could have made it unless it was the Lord. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, there will be that moment. Because in the life of Israel, when Israel confronts this brokenness in this reality, it ushers it ushers the herald of John the Baptist and the coming of Jesus Christ, who will bring restoration to a nation that could never find restoration in itself or in the law. And in the same way Israel was restored in Christ, God is bringing, rising up a new nation that will be restored in him. And until the land is brought to waste, until our lives are brought to us until we've been emptied. We left, we leave no room for the Lord. But when Sharon is like a wilderness and Bashan and Camel shake off their fruits, now I will rise, says the Lord. Now I will be exalted. Now I will lift myself up. Come. Jesus, dismantle religion, institutions, dismantle it all so that your kingdom would reign. Father, I thank you. Even as we read this today, Lord, we're convicted of our comfort, but at the same time, we're hopeful that Lord, you are not done, that you are at work. In the same way that Israel is confronting the reality that Isaiah is writing about here, we know how the story ends for Israel. We know that, Lord, you have come to accomplish what Israel could not. We have hope in that even as we, Lord, go through the history in humanity, we who see the realities of this world, we who see the injustice and the brokenness of this world, we who see what your land has become. We are not hopeless in that it's becoming dry, that it's becoming a wasteland, that it's becoming a wilderness. We're hopeful in that because Lord, you have made a promise. And we hold on to that promise. Then now you will rise. And so in the same prayer, we say your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Family, I love y'all. There's a lot to unpack from this. So many angles, so many facets to it. Just some reflection. A Bible study on Isaiah would probably probably be a months-long Bible study. There's just so much in the book of Isaiah. So many angles. But I hope this will be a blessing to you to remind you that God isn't done. Be encouraged by that. I want to thank all my patrons. Guys, you guys have made this possible. You make this a reality. You make it possible for us to have our reading rants every day for me to journey through scripture with you also. Guys, if you're here and you've seen us commit to this and you see me come every morning and you're wondering how is this possible, our patrons make that possible. So thank them. Thank our patrons for that. Um, and I thank you all. All of you who are sharing the content, I would have never expected this, but the YouTube channel has, sit, has hit over 6,000 subscribers. I'm live on YouTube right now. So... What's up, YouTube family? 
If you notice, I'm always looking in all kinds of directions because I got a whole bunch of phones in front of me. I might actually leave this up on YouTube. Yeah, I might leave this episode up on YouTube. Why not? Let me leave this up. Okay. But I just want to thank the patrons. This will be available to you on the on the Read and Rant podcast as well. Thank you for subscribing. By the end of this week, I believe, based off of the trajectory, by the end of this week, we will be at 100,000 downloads. My goodness, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and stay connected. Stay connected across all the platforms. You know, in case something happens on TikTok, you can go to another one or another one. We want to continue to do that. We want to continue to endeavor. We want to continue to engage. Also, text me, 954-231-1848, 954-231-1848, and click the link in the bio as well. Okay, click the link in the bio um, because the link in the bio will give you all the info that you need. You know, join my email list, all that good stuff. Um, if you guys have noticed, if you just join my email list, which you'll find the link in the bio, you'll start seeing me share a weekly just word of encouragement. Um, want you guys to dig a little bit deeper. And so that's, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we do this. So I, I pray that that will be a blessing to you all as well. So yes, thank the patrons. Yeah. If you're a patron, I got folks right here on TikTok right now. Thanking you guys. Okay. Um, so, so, so patrons, they're all thanking you guys because you guys make this possible. Um, I know $10 a month doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's huge. It makes a big difference. And so I thank you all for those of you who've committed to that and for the doors that that's opening that I look forward to announcing to you all as well. Guys, I will see you guys tomorrow. We're going to continue reading through the book of Isaiah. Also, one last thing I want to say, as you're reading through Isaiah, I hope now you're starting to see some of the imagery in Isaiah and how John uses that imagery in Revelation to give his coded message to the early church in Asia Minor or Turkey. And now you'll know what the revelation of Jesus Christ is all about. Um, the establishing of the justice of God and the, um, the promise that the church will endure, the new Israel, <laughs> uh, the bride of Christ. So anyway, love y'all. God bless you guys. See you guys tomorrow. Peace out.